Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM. Fight Night Live. Lewis Ritson versus Francesco Patera on TalkSport, the home of boxing. Welcome to the Metro Arena in Newcastle. I'm Adam Cattrall. This is Fight Night Live, your home of boxing here on TalkSport. It used to be all about Ricky Hatton in Manchester. Now it's Frampton in Belfast. Tonight, Ritson in Newcastle. It's slowly becoming the must-go-to boxing event for fans. And we've got it all live and exclusive on the home of boxing, TalkSport. Uh, we've also got quite an attractive undercard to get stuck into. Alongside me tonight, Callum Johnson, a man that, whose fight we were commentating on last week, and Don McGuinness. We're going to cross straight over to him because in the light heavyweight division, Joshua Boazzi is in action and he's already had his man down in the first round. He has indeed. What a start from Josh Boazzi against Tony Avalant. It was a great body shot. Hooks left and right and the body of Avalant already reddened as Boazzi goes to work again. Great body shot and then an uppercut and he's got Avalant in the corner in his own red corner. He's got no answer to the barrage of punches that have been landed at the moment. Again, great body work from Boazzi. Tries a screw shot to the head. This time not quite coming off but Boazzi completely in control and Avalant did well to get up from the initial body shot that put him down for the count in this First round at the Metro Radio Arena in Newcastle. Already a great crowd in here. There will be 9,000 well before Lewis Ritson, the hometown boy, comes into the ring. But at the moment, it's all about Boazzi in this light heavyweight WBA Championship International contest. Boazzi, the holder, and Avalanche is struggling to get anywhere near Boazzi, who pins his man on the ropes, wearing the dark green shorts with black trim, the union flag on the right-hand side, Boazzi across the band, and then the colours of Ghana, his birthplace on the left-hand side. He's got... A focused look about him, Boazzi. He's just moving Avalon wherever he wants around the ring. Just takes him now to the neutral corner again. The right hook to the body. Well, it's a very lazy jab back from Avalon who gets caught as he drops his hands slightly. Mike Alexander, the referee, just steps out of the way and Boazzi again swings a right hook in. It's all one way and the referee might have a look at this as now Avalon takes a knee. Still in the first round, looks at his corner, shakes his head, wants no part of that. He just gestures to the right-hand side of his body. Maybe a rib has gone. This is all over. It's not going to go any further. Mike Alexander's going to have a word with him. He shakes his hand, takes a knee. The ref waves it off. The Frenchman didn't want to know after that initial body shot. Now, lots made about Anthony Yard taking seven rounds to get this fella out of the equation, the man from France. Josh Bawatsi has done it in one alongside me. Callum Johnson, also in the light heavyweight division. Of course, we were absolutely enthralled by your fight last week. But first, before we get to that, good performance. 
cracking performance by Boazzi, taking that man out so early. It was, it was a very good performance and, you know, he looked very sharp, he controlled the centre of the ring from the off and, you know, he, he looked a very, uh, he looked very good in there tonight, you know, he looked different class. Well, Josh Boazzi just goes over to check that all is well with his French opponent and he's just, I think that body work just completely broke his heart and possibly has done one of his ribs as well as they have a little chat in the corner. Now, Boazzi, of course, a man in a hurry that just is eight fights six now inside the distance and, and again you look around the division Callum and now of course you're way ahead of him in terms of development you've just fought for a world title you're the British and Commonwealth champion but Bawatsi is coming on strong and uh, is he someone that you think that maybe in a year's time is going to be challenging the likes of you yeah most definitely he's coming on very fast you know very strong he's looking very good doing it as well so you know, I think down the road, you know, a year, 18 months' time, that could be a big fight. Um, but as you said, you know, I'm sort of at world level now and he, he's still got that to prove. Well, both fighters now are in the centre of the ring. The referee, Mike Alexander, has just uh, managed to get Avalan away from his corner as well. Avalan looks a forlorn figure now, still breathing heavily. The torso well reddened up there. Again, it was a, a torrid start for him, but what's he? Not being paid overtime, and it looks like it, of course, still to come here on Fight Night Live on TalkSport, your home of boxing. It is a cracking domestic matchup. Glenfoot, Robbie Davis Jr., chief support to Lewis Ritson in his European title fight against Francesco Patero. And the crowd here all around us in this Metro Radio Arena, right in the heart of the city of Newcastle. It's like a rectangle, single-tiered structure. It's had all sorts of sports here over the years. Basketball, ice hockey. It isn't your typical round bowl. It is that rectangle shape. But the noise that you will hear in this arena in just a, a little while is going to be absolutely unbelievable. We've already had great action. Dave Allen doing the business in the first round against Samir Nabo to set up a cracker, hopefully with Lucas Brown in just a few weeks' time. So the white rhino doing what he said he'd do and not slipping up whatsoever. And again, you fought in great atmospheres, Callum. Obviously, you had that title fight in Chicago last week, but we are anticipating something very special tonight. You know, I think we are. It's, it's already building up now. It's really loud. It's very good. And, you know, the crowd's excited. And I can't wait for Lewis Ritson to come out because I believe it's going to be a great atmosphere. And I'm looking forward to that fight. One of your stable mates, Hosea Burton's also been in action tonight as well on the undercard early on as well. Got his man out in very quick, rapid fire time to do so. There. But we're going to get the official verdict here with our MC, David Diamante. Of the very first round, your winner by RSC and still the WBA International Light Heavyweight Champion, Joshua. Buatzi. Clinical performance uh, from Joshua Buatzi. You're listening to Fight Night Live on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall. It was a little bit of a rush uh, starting the show, but Buatzi, thankfully, wasn't uh, uh, too considerate to his opponent. He's got the job done, so therefore we can crack on with the rest of our programme. And he's our guest in. He was in fantastic uh, action last weekend in the uh, light heavyweight division. Welcome to uh, your uh, TalkSport broadcasting debut, here's Callum. Yeah, nice one, thank you. <laughs> How was uh, last week? Obviously, the dust has now settled. You are obviously still uh, sporting a couple of the scars uh, from that particular fight. Uh, but as the dust has settled now, seven days gone, what's your conclusions from the fight with Artur Baturbiev? Um, you know, it was a great experience for me and to be to be at that level, competing at that level, you know, and and and. and 
doing well. You know, I, I didn't just go over there to make the numbers up, as I said before, and I was going to go over there and try and win the fight, which I did. You know, I, I very nearly did that in the second round. Um, you know, I froze a little bit maybe and, and let him off when I had him hurt. But, you know, all in all, it was a good experience and I'll take a lot from that and I'll be bigger and better for it. It's never a loss. It's always a learn. And like you say, in that second round, did, did it surprise you? Because the timing of the shot, was absolutely beautiful that little left up right across his chops it wobbled him and he was definitely stung when he got up you can see his legs doing a bit of a dance were you then maybe thinking to yourself flipping heck i've got this kid going yeah i think it was you know i think i surprised myself i always thought i could do it and then and then when i did do it i was like <laughs> wow I, i've done it and you know i never capitalized on that and maybe the occasion got to me a little bit and you know it was a little bit it says i said i froze i froze a little bit and I just wish I could go back to that moment now to have a second run at it and do it again because I'll do it differently. The beautiful thing is, though, when you put in a performance like that, there will be another time where you are going to get another opportunity to correct what went last week. Have you had any conversations already? I know it's only seven days, but have you had conversations already about what is next for you? Um, not not really, but we've you know mentioned that I could possibly get out in December. Um, Eddie's on about they said the American TV and that they all love me over there and I think they want me back out there so you know I think some big doors are opening for me now and you know I'm looking forward to 2019 and I think you know I do think I'll get another world title shot and you know I'll do everything I can to take it next time well we've seen that with previous fighters that have gone over to the States put on tremendous performances and then the next thing the United States of America nick our fighters and we never see them again. You've got to keep you've got to keep doing it in the UK, mate. You've got, you know, there were people that staying up in the early hours of the morning that are cheering you on wanting to see you do it here. They're expensive, them flights. No, they are, they are. You know, I, and I'd say that I had loads of support come out. You know, I had, a, I had a well over 100 people from my hometown come out to support me. So, you know, it felt like I was fighting at home a little bit anyway. Yeah. And as you say, but I'd, I would like to come back to the UK, you know, have a fight again in the UK, uh, maybe defend the British title or... Yeah, wh whatever I'd love to fight for the European title and yeah. get that you know to add it to my collection because you know I've got the British and Commonwealth it'd be nice to add the European to that and then 2019 get, march on for some world title honors get, get that world one you're in, world a, one. you're in a phenomenal weight category we've obviously just seen uh, Joshua Boatze uh, competing there and we'll hopefully be speaking to him in a minute with Don McGuinness but after what you did last week if I look around the other champions obviously Kovalev's fighting Alvarez again for that WBO title you must be licking your lips thinking to yourself Maybe that is a route for me. The winner of that, I might get a shot over in the States. Yeah, I'd, lo I'd love that. I mean, Kovalev, you know, Kovalev's a massive name. You know, he's been there, he's done it. But I think, like you say, it's all about timing. And, you know, Kovalev's coming to the back end of his career now. And, you know, I think, I think he's there for the taking. And I think I've got the strength, the power and the ability to do it. Um, but again, we'll see, what, we'll see what happens. I've got to sort of get myself back in there, get a win again and, and see what Eddie can do for me. Talk to me about this particular period now, because you've had a fight last weekend. It's that, it's that calm situation, that un uneasy where you don't ne necessarily know factually what is coming next. Is that unsettling as a fighter? Because you seem to me to be coming across as the type of kid that likes to know, right, come on, what's next? Let's get on with it. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to know what's next, um, but it, it is boxing, you know. Yeah. You can't, you sort of can't have it there and then. Um, yeah, but now I'm back in the gym Monday, you know, and I'll just start Already? work. Yeah, I'll get back. You've only in the had gym. a week off, lad. Nah, that'll do me. A week's plenty. <laughs> you know, I'll get I'll get back in the ring. I mean, in the gym and uh, you know, just work working, you know, to get fitter, stronger, and better for the next time. I like the fact as well that uh, even though you are back in the gym on Monday, 
Uh, you have very kindly brought the missus to the boxing tonight. So even on your night off, yeah. you've taken the missus on a date night to the fights. Yeah, she's been spending all my money today <laughs> shopping. So I don't, I, I don't want to check my bank account. Don't do that, mate. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, there are some fantastic fights that we're going to be calling uh, a little later on. As you mentioned, Lewis Ritson in action uh, in his hometown. Um, we've also got Robbie Davis Jr. taking on Glenn Foot. Glenn Foot, a man from Sunderland. Uh, who's in action, so the atmosphere is only going to go through the roof, and if I'm not mistaken, I can see out the corner of my eye on the TV screens a pal of yours at this moment in time, uh, a yeah, gym mate of yours, Jose uh, uh, Burton, doing a bit for the television. Yeah, you talking, know Maybe talking up the Boazzi fight, what do you reckon? Maybe, I mean, Jose, for me, is probably the um, most underrated fighter in Britain. He's a very, very good fighter, and you know, I just hope he gets his chance because, you know, when he gets his chance, I mm. think he'll show what he can do. Well, let's find out if he's going to get that chance because Don McGuinness is currently with Josh Boazzi and Eddie Hearn. Well, Joshua, firstly, fantastic performance. You weren't messing about in there, were you? You took him out very early. Um, yeah, it's, um, as I always say, it's business in the ring. Um, I got in there and the, the opportunity was there. I took it, hurt him early with a body shot. In my last fight, I was throwing the handbag, but this time I felt I relaxed a little bit, but I still got to watch it. But um, job done. Lots of people saying Anthony Yard took seven rounds to get him out. You were saying all week, it'll be what it will be. It will. If it's early, it's early. If it's late, whatever it will I be. Still, but you're still, it's still a good statement to make tonight, though. Yeah, it's still a good statement, but I still stand by that. If I got rid of him after seven, I would have dominated him, so I would have been happy with that. It came before seven, it came before two. So I'm not going to jump on the turnbuckle and stop making noise. I know what I'm, I'm capable of. My promoter knows what I'm capable of. So, like I said, all these fighters, they're welcome. So what do you want next? Let Eddie, the team, sit down and decide. I have to physically prepare myself mentally and get in the ring. Well, you're a proper old school fighter. You're not bothered. You'll fight whoever. So Eddie is here. There's also Jose Burton here. You were in action earlier on. No overtime for you early. 29 seconds, I think, Jose. I'll get to you in a sec. But firstly, Eddie, Joshua's performance and the next steps. Yeah. It's, it's, I want to see him do more rounds because everyone knows, Jose knows, when you start off as a pro, you do need the rounds. But if you're getting people out there in the first round, same as Lewis Ritson. You know, he's been his last performances, I think, second round, first round, first round, second round. But what can you do? So, you know, Anthony Yard went seven good rounds with Avalanche. Josh got him out there in a round. Jose, big win tonight, you know, against a durable opponent. It all depends what Callum Johnson does, really, with the British and Commonwealth titles. I think after his performance against Betterbeev, he should stay at that world level now. And if those belts do become vacant, certainly these two, Jose and Joshua, will be a great all-British fight. But this time... You know, I'm not saying we're going to make it next week, but certainly these two should be looking to fight each other in the next, you know, six to eight months because it's a really good fight for British boxing. Firstly, Jose, then, that's a fight that you'd want, obviously, Josh Boazzi. Yeah, uh, listen, I'll, I'm a fighter. I fight anybody. Um, it's actually a shame that we've got to fight each other because he's one of the only light heavyweights I actually like. You know, he's a nice person. But if it means getting him in the ring and having a fight and trying to punch him as hard as I possibly can to win something that I want, well, I'll do that. But... A fight's a fight, and if, if that's the fight we've got to have, no problem. Well, I do hope that you like your stable mate, Callum Johnson, who's working with Talk Sport tonight. He's also a light heavyweight. Yeah. He might have things that... One things of the only ones. One of the only ones. One of the only ones oh. could fight. Yeah. yeah. Also, as well, those belts were mentioned then that Callum owns. So yeah. that's, a, that's another interesting one. We can sort it out in a little while, because he's just over there as well. But uh, again, just finally, so you fancy that. We'll see what happens with Josh. Yes. Yeah, I fancy it. Listen, let's go whenever. 
Just finally, Joshua, because Callum Johnson is part of Talk Sports commentary team tonight. He was complimentary about your performance as well. Obviously, he's just been over in Chicago doing his thing. But it's such an exciting division, is it? Obviously, Jose, Callum, and plenty of other names you've already mentioned. It is exciting. And Callum, you probably got the headphones in and you can hear me. I'd like to congratulate you. You went out there, you tried your best. That's all we could ask for. So, top man. Um, so, like Eddie says, it depends what he does with the British and the Commonwealth. Um, like I said, I'm available. I just have to physically prepare, mentally prepare, and I'm ready to go. Full respect to all the light heavies. But like Jose said, when we get in, we have to fight each other. You did a great job tonight. Well done. Back to you, Adam. It's an absolutely lit division. Whether it's domestic, whether it's world. Look at you licking your lips. You're thinking, yeah, go on, I'll have a knock with anybody. <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, it's a great division, you know, domestically and world. And you know, like, like the both boys said, you know, we're, we're fighters and, you know, we'll fight anybody. And it's, it's full respect from us all. But when we get inside them ropes, you know, we're trying to take each other's head off. And, and that's a part of the game. It's just sport at the end of the day in business. And, you know, there's no hard feelings towards any fighters. But they say when we get in there, we, we do we do get down to business. Top man. Callum Johnson is with us throughout the course of the evening, calling the fights alongside Don McGuinness. This is Fight Night Live on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall. Ritson versus Patera. My goodness. Exclusively on TalkSport, the home of boxing. We're in Newcastle this evening at the Metro Arena. I'm Adam Catterall. It's a pleasure to once again be in your company for some Fight Night Live action. Uh, Lewis Ritson, the hometown hero, will be in action later on, going for European honours. We're also going to be giving you a little bit of Robbie Davis Jr. against Glenn Foote in the super lightweight division. Alongside me, Callum Johnson and Don McGuinness. And I'm, uh, I'm delighted to be saying that we're alongside a man that you're looking a bit right rehydrated there, uh, Kel. You're looking a little bit rehydrated. Uh, Kel Brook is joining us for a little bit of a chinwag. Obviously, uh, we're going to talk about... Um, Maybe an upcoming fight that might be happening in January, February, March of next year against a certain uh, Amir Khan. That's right, that's right. We're here to uh, try and get the fight. It keeps saying the fight's going to happen. It keeps changing the goalposts every single time. For me, it's calling the British public. Right, let's talk about where we're at at this moment in time. Because this has gone back and forth for God knows how many years, yeah? I think it's plain as day, you fancy it. And you're willing to go down to 147 for that. I'm willing to cut my legs off to go down to 147. <laughs> I'm willing to tie my hands behind my back. I'll still beat him. As soon as I land on his chin, his whiskers, it's game over. When then chocolate brownies start coming, good night, Queen Khan. <laughs> so when we hear this week about rehydration clauses and various other things, what's the truth in that? I mean, there's lots of rumours. What's the truth? Where, where are we at with it? it? It's, it's, it's clutching, clutching at straws, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, just made, it's made that up. Once you've made that way, for me, it's, it's about getting your mind on it for fight night. You know, what, we've made 147, we've made the championship weight. There's not even a title on the line. Yeah. You know, uh, he had to take his underpants off to make 147 last time and, it, and he's winning about a 10-pound rule. He knows I struggle to make weight. He's just trying to make any, every excuse there is for it not to happen. You know, I think he's absolutely petrified. Re regarding it, I mean, you're obviously, you used to be the IBF world champion, so you're used to check weights on the uh, on the day of the fight. I mean, you experienced one last week uh, in your uh, world title fight. Uh, IBF, obviously, that's a stipulation as part of the thing. Is it on the morning of the fight, or is it on the actual way as you walk into the fight it, that he wants? You know, it's you know, it's uh, mid-morning. Right. You know, but even still, you've got to watch exactly what you eat after the weigh-in. It's like you've got to weigh in twice. You can't relax. You know, yeah. you're burning yourself up. You know, what jumping on and off the scales constantly. It should be. That's only the IBF, I believe, what do that. You know, 
any other any other world title you get weighed you make championship weight and then you get ready for fight night you know you've made the weight it seems very very simple to me dom i don't know about you we obviously experience this quite a lot in all different fight sports if a fighter misses weight for example then okay new stipulations in order to make that fight that evening that you might bring in right you can't rehydrate to x y and z i get that but as kel says if you make if, the, if you make the fight at 147 and he makes 147 and his genetics allow him to balloon up to 160 plus who cares does it who cares what you're forgetting is there's no world title on the line you know it, it, it's just it's, it's battle of britain it's me against me against Khan. there's no world title on the line there's no bf world rbf world title because uh spencer you know spencer's got that so it's just about two guys fighting you know and he's making one these rules 147 and like like he, he can go off like he's the super a side he's the main man and all this Forget all that bullshit. Forget that. Let's just get in and have a fight. But also, uh, I'm not even going to apologise for that. This is the fight. End of the day, there's always a little bit of colourful language. Kel, first of all, that's next. We're thinking 2019 for that, yeah? Yeah. Right. But I'm hearing that you're going to be out in December. Is this is this true? Yeah, I want to. I want to. Uh, I want to get out in December. Okay. You know, and then obviously keep me weight me weight low. Yeah. Ready for that. Ready for the date. Ready so, for the February March. Will that be in Sheffield? December. Or no, I've come down here today to speak to Eddie, see what we've got on the table. You know, I just want to get a run out. I want to get, I want to get a good fight in, and, uh, and then move on to the 2019. You've obviously been competing at 154 there. You know, as long as I get out there, you know, under under 11 stone. You know, that's that's the goal. Whenever I look at you and we speak of Khan, there's a fire in his eyes, isn't there? It's great. I love it. This is what we want. That's what you need. That's what you need. That's what you need. It's been going on for years now, years. And we're both ready. I think, we're, we're, you know, we're ready. We've, we've got the same promoter, the times now. Thing is as well, Kel, I mean, you know better than anybody. We saw it happen with Ricky Hatton and Junior Witter. That never happened. Yeah. And, and it was one of those fights. And eventually, obviously, it just dissolved. And that was that. We saw it packed down Mayweather. This is your time. If it doesn't happen soon now, you will lose the will of the public, won't you? Of course, you know, he's, he's robbing the British public, he's robbing them. You know, I think I think they know that now, I think they've clicked onto it, they, they know that he's trying to change the goalposts, he's trying to make every excuse in the book for it not to happen. I'm trying my best to happen, for it to happen, you know, because it's what a fight is going to be. For me, there was only two options. After his last fight, there were two options. One of them was Manny Pacquiao, and it seems like Pacquiao's tied up with Floyd Mayweather. There's only one other option now, isn't there? The special one. Amir, Amir. Amir, Amir. Amir, Simple as that. Regarding that, Callum, great. I mean, we're very blessed at this moment in time because British boxing is booming. But there's nothing more special for me. It's irrelevant that there's no title on the line for this. There's nothing more special for me than when there's two young, hungry, British former world champions ready to go at it that have captured the imagination of the British public and there's genuine needle. There's a little bit of needle in there between these two. Yeah, there is. As Carl said, you know, it's been going on for years now. And me as a fan, I want to see the fight. British boxing want to see the fight. I think, I think the world, world boxing wants to see the fight. There's a little bit of a, a float car going on at this moment, Andrew. If you can hear a little bit of atmosphere. Uh, we are building up towards Robbie Davis Jr. taking on Glenn Foote and obviously Lewis Ritson's uh, homecoming. Uh, Kel, what have you made of Newcastle so far, mate? You know what I mean? You're used to fighting in Sheffield. It's an experience watching Kel Brook in Sheffield. Lewis Ritson's in for a treat tonight, isn't he? He is, he is. It's a great turnout. I'm looking forward to it. It's the first time I've seen him live. 
but he's looking like he's a monster. So I'm looking forward to seeing it in my own eyes tonight. Are you um, already in the gym? Are you cooking them chocolate brownies? I'm cooking them. I'm cooking them up good. Yeah, bit of sugar? Bit of sugar, a lot of sugar. <laughs> Kel, pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you're listening to uh, Fight Night Live on TalkSport. Stick with us. Myself, Callum Johnson and Don McGuinness are going to be calling through a couple of fights throughout the course of the evening. The test was done by VADA and the substance that, uh, that they found in, um, in their test, under VADA's test, is prohibited. Under WADA, which uh, Massachusetts referred to, yeah. it is allowed in, uh, out of competition. Out of competition means up until the day before the fight. It was a nasal spray. Yeah. VADA bans everything. VADA is a voluntary drug testing situation. They're not recognised in Great Britain. They're not recognised by UCAD. They're not recognised by the British Boxing Board of Control. Welcome to uh, the Metro Arena in Newcastle. Apologies for the slightly delay there of me uh, returning to the programme off the back of uh, hearing from Frank Wallen talking about Billy Joe Saunders' situation. It's just that the atmosphere in this arena tonight is absolutely unbelievable. I hope, you, I hope this is uh, being portrayed at home, whether you're listening to this at home or in your car or wherever you are at this moment in time. It is bouncing. Joseph Laws has just stopped Chris Adaway. Uh, the Burtwell uh, bomber is what you referred to him as, didn't you? Is that what you referred to him as, Dom? Yeah, he's the Benwell bomber. The Benwell bomber. What he's done there in the fourth round, I mean, again, it, all the crowd on their feet getting behind him, and yeah, Chris Truman, he, he's put on a great performance as well, a really brave effort. He's a decent fighter, obviously, that Callum alluded to knowing him from the, from the amateur days, and he's put on a, a good show there, but it, just in the fourth, he got caught, he took a knee, and then he got caught, and I think he's probably done his jaw. I think that's what he, he was signalling to his corner, Chris Truman. But, yeah. uh, but fantastic from Joe Law's point of view. He sold a thousand tickets, and they've all witnessed the stoppage late on in the, the end of the fourth round of a fourth rounder. It was a cracker. It was a good. It was a good fight. Good performance. You know, Joseph. He's got all these people here. But as you're saying now, I think Chris looks like he's hurt his jaw. Um, but I thought he was putting up a great fight until until the time the stoppage came. Um, he was losing the fight, but he, he was he was putting on a great fight, and you know, I enjoyed watching that. Um, coming out of that break. Frank Wallen was talking about Billy Joe Saunders, uh, which I kind of lost track of because of the fight that was in front of us. Don't forget, coming up, uh, Robbie Davis Jr. against uh, Glenn Foote uh, for the British Super Lightweight Championship and obviously for European title honours in the lightweight division, Lewis Ritson and uh, Francesco Patera will be going at it. Uh, but the big story outside of the ring, I suppose, this week has been about uh, Billy Joe Saunders. Uh, voluntary uh, giving up his WBO middleweight championship after uh, a lot of confusion, not only for fans, but officials within... Uh, boxing. I'll try my very best to give you some type of uh, basic understanding and background as to what has happened. Uh, voluntary anti-doping tested uh, Billy um, a couple of months back now and he ended up showing signs of uh, oxyliferin, which is uh, a stimulant that he had stated came from a nasal spray. Uh, the hearing this week's in Massachusetts uh, for where he's supposed to be fighting next on October the 20th, which was going to be live and exclusive for, on TalkSport. Uh, the Massachusetts State Athletic Commission denied him a boxing license for that particular fight. They upheld uh, the findings of VADA, and that is where this all then starts to get a little bit confusing, Don, because we've just heard from Frank Warren on the Massachusetts State Athletic Commission website. They say that they adhere to WADA, which is World Anti-Doping. However, VADA did the test for Billy Joe Saunders, and they've upheld Billy Joe Saunders' uh, VADA uh, test where he's shown positive signs of oxyliferin and off the back of that he was denied a license therefore he can't update or, or stick to his mandatory obligations of uh, Dimitris Andrade 
on the 20th of October and therefore he's had to relinquish his belt whilst he proceeds maybe legally uh, to, to clear his name. Well, he might look at that, and I know that he's made the point as well that obviously if the fight was to happen anywhere else, particularly in the UK, that there wouldn't have been a problem. But And again, it just raises this whole murky issue again. You know, don't all the organisations have to get their heads together and decide that definitive list yeah. of what you cannot take at any time in or out of competition? And just be clearer on it, and just so there's no grey area. So it's not a case of well, it was in competition, it was out of competition. I can do that in that state. I can't do it there. Yeah. I can't do it in this country or that country. There has to be. Again, it's like the sanctioning bodies. It's like all the the titles, all the splinters. We need one list, one sheet, one. Everyone will know where they are. Then the confusion with this regarding Vada is that Vada in the UK, that the, uh, the oxaliferin which he has uh, shown signs for, he that is banned. Out uh, in competition, so that's 12 hours before a fight, 12 hours after a fight, right? That's where that is at this morning time. In the states, in competition is 365 days a year, so that is where the grey area is. Now, my attitude as a boxing fan looking into this, it'd be great to get Callum's attitude as an actual fighter. It's the responsibility of the fighter and the teams to to know all that information. You're responsible for what you put into your body. You're responsible for knowing the rules and regulations. I understand. The, this is very, very dodgy because in one country it means one thing, one country it means another thing. But my attitude towards it would be, well, in the UK I'm allowed to drive on the left-hand side of the road. In the United States of America I'm allowed to drive on the right-hand side of the road. And if I go and drive in America, it's my job to know that that's where I'm supposed to be. Would you go along with that? Or can you feel the sympathy towards where Billy's at at um, this moment in time? I think, I think that's a good um, description, what you said there, but... As you say, it's so confusing. You know, you can take this drug or this this um, substance in England, but you can't take it in America or in that particular state. I mean, as, as um, Don was saying before, I think we need one list for everything. You know, here, there, wherever you are. You know, because it does get confusing, and you can you can mess up as a fighter like Billy has. And you know, I don't necessarily think he's a cheat, and he's he's done it on purpose. I mean. It's just, it's just a confusing situation that, you know, it's turned out the way it has. It's confusing, as we found out this week, for fighters, promoters, management teams, but it's blooming confusing for fans. If you just tune in and you go, all you see is the headline, Billy Joe Saunders has failed a drug test, and then automatically fans think in their head, he's a drug cheat. And then that kind of tars somebody's reputation. Whether he has or whether he hasn't, we need, we need uniformity, as you've just said, right across from the from America, right all the way over to the other side of the world in Australia. Everybody needs to be singing from the same hymn sheet, don't they? Yeah, exactly, that, they do. As you say, now Billy Joe, he's, uh, he's got that above his head now, and that'll stay with him now for the rest of his career, maybe, and, you know, it might be unfair that it does, um, but as you say, when, when it's like that, it's so different in different states and different countries, mm. it's, hard to, it's hard to know what you're doing at times. We'll pick this conversation up again in a minute, uh, but Dom is actually stood next to a young fighter uh, with a sombrero on. It's not Joe Joyce, it's Joseph Laws. Well, Joe, I thought everyone was coming for Lewis Ritson tonight. Just talk us through this. You've just done a, had a fantastic four-rounder with Chris Truman. I think you broke his jaw at the end there. You stopped him in the fourth. But the crowd, and this is your third fight, I know you did 1,000 tickets. It's insane. 9.80. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. I mean, uh, Chris Truman's no leg, like, no joke. He's one thirty last nine. In the name he's lost against, it's been like Conor Ben O'Hara Davies. So uh, it was a big test for us uh, in Newcastle. But I knew when uh, Mike Sporwa uh, shouted my name, Lozzy, Toon Toon Black Army, I was, I, I was just going to fight to the end. Talk us through the sombrero. 
Um, I was in Mexico in August and I found out I was boxing, yeah? And I won my first title uh, when I was 14 and I was also in Mexico. And I bought a sombrero and I said, I'm kidnapped for the final. I got the final, I won, and I won. And when I was in Mexico, I seen a black and white one. I mean, you know what? I'm going to wear that for Newcastle. I'm going to win. And I seen the mask, seen the cigar. I thought, let's get the full hog. <laughs> yeah, a nice entrance, but an even better performance. Now, just talk us about the Newcastle support, because we've been banging on about it ever since Lewis Rissom burst onto the scene a year ago when yeah. he won that British title. Are you all trying to tap into that? Obviously, you've got your own support, but you're tapping into this Ritz and feel-good factor. Yeah, definitely. Well, Newcastle's one of the best towns in England. We've got the football stadiums, we've got the arenas, and uh, so, so why not take over the boxing scene? We've got the talent, and I think the last two shows, yeah, we're proving that we've got the uh, we've got the support as well. Well, listen, well done, Ben Wellbomber. Good name as well. Great hat, Eddie. This lad's all right, isn't he? And a ticket seller to boot. Yeah, I went backstage, you know, there was so much pressure on him tonight. There's 9,000 people in here. He sold 1,000 tickets on his own. And I said to him, just stay calm. And then he put on this rubber mask and then a sombrero. I think, oh, I said, I think he'd be all right. And uh, that was a tough fight for a two-fight novice. You know, Truman was at box at a good level. He came to fight, he came to win. And great, great tank. Because I was worried he might, he might, you know, do his beans after two or three rounds. But listen... To get the opportunity to box in front of that atmosphere, with Alan Shearer sat about two yards away, listen, this is brilliant. And he's got a great career ahead because any fighter out there will know that to have ability is one thing, but to have support and to be able to put bums on seats gives you the opportunities that your talent might be able to deliver up again. So long way to go, massive fan base, very likeable young man, great performance, onwards and upwards. We've had some great fights already tonight, but we know we're in the northeast yeah. and we know we're in Newcastle now. Joe's just announced what's really happening tonight. Yeah. Just give us your thoughts on the two fights that are coming up now. Glenn Fort, Robbie yeah. Davis Jr. and then obviously the main event. Well, I think the first one could be domestic fight of the year. You know, Robbie Davis Jr. is a very talented fighter. Fighting Glenn Foot from Sunderland here. He's going to have this whole arena behind him. Commonwealth champion. It's a 50-50 matchup. And then Lewis Ritson, who's looked invincible at domestic level, stepping up to European level against someone that's been on the road before and won European titles when he beat Tatley in Finland. And, and Patera seems very confident. The bookies have it a complete landslide to Ritson. I think he's a big favourite, but I think this is a very, very tough test for Lewis Ritson. Again, in this kind of environment, under this kind of pressure, he's now carrying northeast boxing on his shoulders. You know, lads like Joe Law, without Ritson, he wouldn't get this opportunity. So he's now got everyone going, come on, Lewis, don't lose, whatever you do. So this first fight, British and Commonwealth title, then the European title, I think two, two cracking fights. Stay tuned. Well, we're enjoying it all on TalkSport. Thanks, Eddie. Back to you, Adam. Do you fancy uh, getting yourself a sombrero for the next ring walk? What do you reckon, mate? No, I think I'll leave that to him. I, think, uh, <laughs> I don't think the sombrero will suit me that well. Maybe, maybe if you ever fight in Mexico, eh? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. Hey, you listen to Fight Night Live uh, on TalkSport. I'm Adam Catterall. It's a pleasure to be with you. We've got two fantastic fights on the way. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Josh Lever, he was the guy's gonna be too fast, too powerful, and he couldn't do nothing when he was in there. Like Jason Easton, he was the same. He's supposed to be a big puncher, um, stuff like that. And, and uh, Rob Davis Jr. is no different to them. Um, he'll get carried up the ring Saturday night as well. Alvin Pierre just around, and the referee has waved this off. He didn't quite touch down there, Josh Thorne, but Alvin Finch has done the right thing. He's taken enough punishment in there, Josh Thorne. There's no doubt about that. And it's another early night for Robbie Davis Jr. I think a few of the things I must have said ruffled his feathers a little bit and then all of a sudden he became very aggressive and started becoming all verbal and saying all sorts. But it's just all a blow in the wind for me in one ear and out the other. We're in Newcastle tonight at the Metro Arena. I'm Adam Catterall. This is Talk Sports Fight Night Live, your home for boxing. Coming up later on, we've got Lewis Ritson versus Francesco Patera for the European strap in the lightweight division. Uh, right now, though, we're going to be bringing you Robbie Davis Jr. against Glenn Foote in the super lightweight division for the British and Commonwealth titles. Uh, both men have joined us in the ring, as you can hear in the background. The music is absolutely churning out at the back end of Robbie Davis Jr.'s uh, ring walk, going for a little bit of Queen. He used to go for a little bit of King of Wishful Thinking, and then he used to sing it on the way in. He's decided to ditch all that type of nonsense. He's just gone straight forward, Queen, and now he's in the ring, ready to rock and roll. Over to David Diamante for the official announcement. After 12 rounds here at Newcastle, we go to the judges' score totals. They read as follows. Stephen Gray, 119 to 109. Howard Foster, 118 to 110. Mike Alexander, 117 to 112. All three for your winner by unanimous decision. And the new Commonwealth and British Super Lightweight Champion from Kirby Liverpool, Robbie Davis Jr. Welcome to the Manchester Arena. It's absolutely booming at this moment in time. Before we hand over to our official announcements, Don McGuinness 
is with Alan Shearer. He is the special guest. It's Newcastle, Alan. Listen to this. How mad is it? It's brilliant. It's like play, playing all over again. I love it. It's brilliant. I can't wait. I'm very impressed that you've been here, not just for the main event. You've been taking it all in. You've got three or four fights under your belt. Obviously a boxing fan, but is this more about Newcastle and Ritson, about just boosting it? Listen to this. Uh, you can see the atmosphere. You can feel the atmosphere. The atmosphere has been grown all night to... Uh, and everyone's looking forward to this. The fighting's been superb. And I'm pleased I took up football rather than boxing. I've got to say this as well. We're going to go to the fight now, obviously. But our presenter, Adam Catchell, big Rovers fan. Our producer, Matt Smith, a massive Newcastle fan. They're the two giddiest men in the world. If I didn't speak to you tonight, they would never have forgiven me. But I tell you what, this is a great boost. Obviously, the football's not been going great, Alan. Lewis Ritson's doing great things for this city, isn't he? Absolutely. It's, it's his chance to shine. You can hear the crowd. There's 9,000 people here supporting him. They love him, and it can only get better. Now listen, enjoy the fight. Thank you, pal. Back to you, Adam. Don McGuinness said my name to Alan Shearer. I'm happy. Job done. And obviously, Alan Shearer's just been announced. Let's go to David Diamante for the ring walks. In Belgium, Francesco Patera. Here comes the challenger, Francesco Patera. I say challenger, it's a vacant title, this. Uh, Francesco Patera, uh, 19 wins, 3 defeats. He's been the uh, European champion previously, never been stopped. He's been in with Mashidod and even Mendy, who have both beaten him. It's a big night for him. All week, Dom, you've been around this all week, actually. And he seems quite a cool, calm, collected type of chap picked up on it as well I mean he said himself that he's a bit of a dude he likes him he likes the cut of his jib he likes the fact that he's oozed confidence and he has he looked confident at the press conference confident at the weigh-in you know he's, he was wearing his Milan colours as well he's uh, Italian descent his parents are from Italy and yeah, he, he reckons he's going to shock the world tonight he's bounced into the ring here at the Metro Arena double quick time no messing about however he might have been cool and calm and collected throughout the whole course of the week. What he's about to greet him is a crescendo of noise. Uh, because on the, uh, on the big screen, I can just see out the corner of my eye, a certain Mr Lewis Ritson is at the top of the ring wall, ready uh, to come and join us in the main arena. And now, ladies and gentlemen, introducing the reigning, defending, undefeated British lightweight champion from Forest Hall, Newcastle, Lewis Ritson.
for those of us that are familiar uh, with Newcastle United and their support, the Blade of Races is ringing out in the Metro Arena. Tune, tune, black and white army ringing out. This is genuinely, Dom, like being at a Ricky Atten fight. Reminding me so much of the times of Ricky in the mid-2000s. Well, when he used to come out to Blue Moon, that different version of Blue Moon, and, you know, there'd be a bit of Oasis gene everyone up beforehand, and, yeah, absolutely unbelievable. But this is the thing, we mentioned it before, you know, Josh Warrington has the Leeds fans behind him. He has that city to himself. Ricky Hatton, even though he was a blue, had the Reds on side in Manchester as well, and that football crowd turned out for him. And now, Newcastle is Lewis Ritson's. If Alan Shearer says so, it's got to be right. Take this in. Take this atmosphere in. It's like being at a football game. The European lightweight title is on the line. Lewis Ritson, Francesco Patera are going to be going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. They're at it here in Newcastle, live on TalkSport. It's fight night with me, Adam Catterall. The crowd is going wild, and we haven't even seen a punch thrown as of yet. The hometown hero is ready to go to war to bring home yet another trinket to this fine city. He strips off, he's ready. Let's go to David Diamante. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, good evening and welcome to the Metro Radio Arena here in Newcastle, England for the featured bout of the evening. 12 rounds of boxing scheduled for the vacant EBU Lightweight Championship. It's all being brought to you courtesy of Mr. Eddie Hearns at Matchroom Boxing. Broadcast live on Sky Sports in the UK and exclusively in the US on DAZN. Sponsored by William Hill, StubHub, and JD Sports. This bout is sanctioned under the auspices of the British Boxing Board of Control. The steward in charge is Reg Long and the EBU. President, Mr. Bob Logis. Supervisor, Jean-Pierre Becalin. Your three judges scoring this contest from ringside from Switzerland beat Hauseman. From Finland, Ansi Padayoki, and from Denmark, Soren Sauman. Your timekeeper from England, Stuart Lithgow, and at the sound of the bell, your third man in the ring, from Switzerland, referee Fabian Guggenheim. And now, ladies and gentlemen, from the four corners of the world, to the four corners of this ring right here, in Newcastle, England. This is it. The time has come. The fight starts now. Introducing first, fighting out of the red corner, he wears the white with red and black. He weighed in at nine stone, eight pounds, three ounces. His professional record, 19 victories, three defeats. He has seven wins coming by way of knockout. Fighting out of Ghent, Limburg, Belgium. He is the former Belgian, European, and WBC Mediterranean champion. Introducing Francesco Patera. Patera. And his opponent across the ring fighting out of the blue corner. He wears the colors of the tune, black and white. He scaled at already 9 stone, 8 pounds, at 13 ounces. His professional record, a perfect one. 
17 fights, 17 victories, 11 of them coming by way of knockout. Fighting out of and proudly representing Forest Hall, Newcastle, the reigning, defending, undefeated British lightweight champion, the Sandman, Louis Ritson. Ritson. Ricky Hatton in Manchester, Carl Frampton in Belfast, Lewis Ritson in Newcastle. It's slowly becoming the must-go-to event for fans, and we've got it all live and exclusive on the home of Boxing Talk Sport. Can the hometown hero step up to European level? Calling you through the fight, Colm Johnson and Don McGuinness. This is it. The time has come. The fight starts now. Out of there very quickly is another snappy one-two just sends the head back of Patera, whose face is reddening, and now there's a bit of damage around the nose. He's off balance, he's keeping out the road. Just keep busting him up with a jab and then pick an odd shot. Don't shut him down too early. Again, another left hook to the body, and Patera just covers up, and he goes into his shell a little bit as he leans backward with one-two. Let's the hands go, pins Patera to the ropes, and the fans like what they're seeing there. Patera looks a little bit buoyed, he just lands a couple of uppercuts, and has a bit of success, and the crowd sets that uppercut. Takes a little one-two and a smile from Patera, who lets his hands go again. Patera has great success now, and, well, Ritz has just run out of ideas. He's on the ropes, he can't get off, and he takes one flush at the end of the round. He looks tidy, gets caught with a big left hand from Patera, who snaps out the jab again, and this is all going wrong in the eighth. Ritson's looking tired now, looking like he's he's in a hard fight, he's feeling the pace, and Patera's just coming on with each round now, and he's... He's really got himself back into this fight. That guard is down again. You can hear everyone on their feet. Hold, hold. Just weather this storm because Patera senses he could be on the cusp of something quite sensational here. Soren Sogman, 116-112 Ritson. Ansi Perioki, 116-112 Patera. And Beat Hausman scored this contest 116-112 for your winner by split decision. And the new EBU European lightweight champion. Francesco Patera. Well, this fellow can speak French, Italian, English. He, he's got it all going on. And tonight you had it all going on, Francesco Patera, because you had your hand raised. I think we all agree the right man won. When you heard the judges' scorecards come out, did you fear that maybe you wouldn't have your hand raised? Because obviously Ritson had it by four rounds from one judge. Yeah, of course. I'm in his hometown, so I thought maybe... I knew I won the fight, it was a close fight, but I knew from the fourth round on I was the one who's more with more. I wasn't tired, I was attacking him, I didn't feel his punches. And I knew I won, but you never know, you know, I boxed in his house, and, but I, thank God I won the fight and I worked hard for this. You probably felt his power early on, but as the, the mid rounds came, you, you were, your combinations, you were, you were giving him something to think about, and he was coming forward all the time, but you had an answer to everything. So you, you grew in confidence visibly. We could see that by the end when you were punching the air, you knew. But yeah. uh, again, talk us through your plan. You've been confident all week. You said this would happen. Yeah, from the first round, it wasn't the power. You know, he started the jab, he hit me with jabs, but I never was, you know, panicking or so. I was always cool. You know, I fought some great guys in my career already, and I know. I just keep going, I focused with my game plan and after a couple of rounds, you know, from the 1st to the 12th, I knew what he was doing. You know, he never did something special to me. 
So I hadn't figured it out. So I was, you know, and I just pushed to get the victory. You did ruin the party. You said you would, and you did get ultimately a fair decision in the end. So how pleased are you with everything tonight? I'm very pleased. Uh, you know, all my fans at home were watching, my friends, my girlfriend, my family. And they all uh, come together to watch my fight. There's nobody here but in Gank, my town. They're all watching, and I felt the support. And, you know, the public didn't do me nothing, and I felt great. Thank you to all my fans. I love you. Well, now it's onwards and upwards for you as well. And again, it puts you right in there, doesn't it? Yeah, of course. I want my dream is to fight for a world title. I win a world title. You know, I come from Belgium. It's difficult for me to, you know, like Ritz and Yes, whole Newcastle behind them, Eddie Hearn. For me, it's difficult. I have to go to the other guy's home, but, you know, I work hard and, you know, I can do it. I can be world champion. You have that belt around you. You deserve it tonight. Well done. You've completely ripped up the script, but you deserve the belt. Well done. And thanks. Thanks for your great sport. Thank you very much. Just uh, had a quick word with Lewis Ritz and I was March as he was going to the dressing room. He was he was just too sick yeah, to yeah, speak, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't face doing. Uh, he did a quick flash interview. Couldn't face it again. He looked absolutely devastated. Mm. I mean, put into words what's happened tonight, Eddie. Well, you've, you've seen the realities of boxing, which is one guy who boxed exceptionally. Another guy that didn't box, I believe, to his ability or have the snap that he's had in previous fights, but ultimately you've seen a guy who's gone from British level to European level and been found short at European level. Doesn't mean he's not European level, because I really believe he is, but I thought Patera boxed the perfect fight tonight. I had it really close, like I felt like it might have been a draw, but my gut said that Patera did enough, especially with that last round. And, you know, sometimes you get a decision where maybe you shouldn't have got a decision, and it doesn't really do you any favours, you know, for your credibility and to learn. And I think tonight will be a brutal lesson for Lewis Ritson, but he will learn and he will be back, you know, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna come again. I think they need to look at the weight because I think he's extremely tight, 135 pound, and he looked a bit flat as the fight went on. He got hurt repeatedly to the body, and uh, it's a big big win for Patera. You know, I think uh, Ritson was 80 to one on to win this fight, but we knew, people in boxing knew, uh, Patera went to Finland and beat Edis Tatley in his backyard. He's a very accomplished fighter, but Ritson was a massive favourite in the fight, and it's a big, big shock. I think a lot of people are looking at the fact that he was outpointed by Sean Mashadod, and we all love Mashadod, but you know, you'd think that Ritson would be levels above, but he's improved, that's the point. Yeah, he's improved no, in two years. The thing is, a lot of people felt like Patera beat Mashadod, but then a couple of fights later, he went and beat Tatley in Finland. So, you know, again, the style wasn't ideal for Ritson, but you've got to be good enough to deal with that. You know, if Patera is not a world-class fighter, he's a very good European-level fighter, maybe fringe world level. So, you know, people say, oh, do you think it was too early? You can't demolish the British scene and then, you know, step up and lose, uh, and sorry, and not be willing to step up to a fight where you're such a huge favourite. So it's a massive blow because you heard the noise, you know, and, and now he's got to come back. He's going to be out of Newcastle for a while. He's going to probably box on a road, get a win, and then he's got to come back, bounce back, and we'll find out what he's made of. You know, sometimes you... I mean, by the way, it was a great fight. You know, we forget that, you know, and he showed a lot of heart because he was hurt to the body a few times. But, you know, it's a massive blow. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 